this is the biggest stressor of today's retiree. That's outliving your money, right? Not only do they tell me that in my office, but there's been studies that have shown that people literally are more afraid of outliving their money than death. This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, teaching you each episode about holistic retirement plans. Well, it's time for another podcast. Great to have you along with us today. I'm Walter Storholt alongside John Amarino, and it's time to retire happy with San Diego's premier holistic retirement advisor. Uh, John is a fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial, serving you throughout the San Diego area. And you can find us online by going to gosecurus.com. John, it's uh, been a kind of a slow news month here in October. There's not, not really much going on, is there? Yeah, well, it depends if it's, if the news is being censored or not. <laughs> Plenty of news out there, but uh, there yeah, there you go. We'll see. You know, uh, I, I hear I hear uh, major news networks are getting taken off of like Twitter and, and whatnot. So I guess there's news that the news actually wants you to hear, like China. It's too funny. I was uh, I'm I'm chuckling about that just because. Uh, yeah, if you can see the news, then yeah, there might be news. Um, that's too too good. Well, as we record today's episode, we are literally we can count in days now, John. No longer in weeks and months to the election coming up, and so that has uh, somewhat inspired our headline to talk about on today's show. We're also going to address some of the specific retirement concerns of baby boomers. So we're going to put a lot of focus on baby boomers specifically on this episode. And we're going to answer one of your questions before we wrap up today. Jim in Carlsbad is uh, doing some worrying right now. Got stomach and knots, lots of concerns. So we're going to see if we can uh, be the proverbial tums in Jim's belly and try to, uh, you know, fix what ails him as he approaches retirement. So should be a good show on the way today, John, and let's jump into the newsy items that did get through the censors. Um, they've been talking a lot about that potential second coronavirus stimulus for several weeks now, but nothing has happened yet. And now with the election uh, less than two weeks away from the time of this recording, um, how necessary do you think this second round of stimulus checks would be? What's your take on it? Well, Walter, you know... It's a, it's a tough question because I, I don't really know how necessary a second round of stimulus checks would be. I, I think, you know, from what I've heard, you know, every, you know, it's, they're not going to do the age cutoff, but everyone will, you'll get the $1,200 checks again. And whether each family member will get 1200 or you'll have the 1200 500 for each dependent. But, um, and we're in a very restrictive state of California. It's locked down. They're threatening to lock San Diego back down again. So it's not saying, you know, my my answer there isn't saying that it's not necessary because there are people that really do need the stimulus. I'm saying that from the whole aspect of that nothing, that the stimulus isn't free. That's my overwhelming concern. Like, oh, hey, we're just going to send out another $3,400 or $4,000 in checks to a family of four. Yes, there are people that need it, but nothing's free. The stimulus isn't free. And we and the generations after us will pay a heavy price for the stimulus and our ever-expanding national debt that our government officials have no desire to address. I mean, Walter, we've talked about this in the past. At the turn of this century, we had a budget surplus. Then 
and, and you, you know my disdain for both parties. Bush started a war, or a couple of them, and lowered taxes. So balance sheet-wise, that makes no sense. Then you had the financial crisis, and Obama, you know, did the TARP money and the quantitative easing, and you know, gave all the money to corporate America, and you know, racked up, you know, in the twenty short years. You know, we racked up $22 trillion worth of debt. And now as as we've continued on, um, I like the stimulus checks going to mainstream versus corporations, but now we're up to $27 trillion worth of debt under Trump. So, you know, as my dad always told me when I was a kid, son, there is no such thing as a free lunch. Everything has a catch or there will be the bigger price tag at the end. And I think that's what's going to, I think that this in the end will cost every family much more than they're actually getting now. So yeah, it's a nice band-aid, but I think, you know, in the end, kind of going back and dating myself using the analogy of when I don't know if you ever did the Columbia House, Walter. Did you ever the were Columbia you old House. enough for that? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Jeez, boy. <laughs> I forget you're a lot younger than me. So you get you, know, you could buy a CD Right, you get the mails. The CDs would come in the mail, and you could get you know five CDs for two bucks. But then they had you on an annual renewal, and now all of a sudden the CDs were twenty five bucks, and you paid far more, um, you know, to for the CD subscription than you know the. the it was kind of like that gotcha, and that's kind of just how I feel about this. It's like, all right, great, we're gonna have you know the families are gonna hopefully get this money from before the holidays and they'll be able to give their kids, you know, gifts or they're going to be able to pay their bills or their mortgages that they've suspended. But in the end, I mean, barring a miracle, this is just adding more money onto the national debt. And, you know, we're going to pay for this, Walter. Baby boomers will start to pay for this, maybe perhaps at, you know, the later time, you know, 10 years down the road, but they will, they're not going to escape this. But then our children are going to pay for it. So, you know, this this whole, you know, printing money type of uh, situation that we've gotten so used to isn't going to come without an enormous cost for generations. Pay me now or pay me later. Yes. That's the uh, phrase that I often remember. Ironically, my uh, college journalism professor always telling me, pay me now or pay me later. Got to put in the work at some point. And uh, yep. in, in this case, we got to pay the piper at some point. And uh, it's going to be painful when that eventually comes around. Uh, so I, I agree with you. It's it's not so much we, we realize and recognize people need help, but at what cost are we kind of hamstringing ourselves here? There's uh, so many consequences to some of our actions that maybe we aren't thinking through completely. And it's not just the coronavirus that has caused this. Many things before it have certainly caused issues. Well, all of that just makes it that much more important, especially for baby boomers, to prepare properly for retirement. And so we want to address those specific baby boomer concerns on today's show. What are the most common challenges? Maybe you can address, John, some of the fears and objectives that you've seen so far from this generation, as many, many baby boomers are retiring across the country each and every single day. Um, What are some of the mistakes that they're making most often? How can they be avoided? I know you want to try and answer some of, probably not all questions, as the episode would be 15 days long if we were to do that, but some of the key (laughs) questions and answers on today's show I know is our big goal. So for some background, what percentage of your client base is part of this baby boomer generation? 
when I run the numbers, it's about, you know, rounding up 95%. Okay. So, uh, I would count that as significant. (laughs) Yeah. I, I specialize in retirees and pre-retirees. So, you know, that's obviously the, the segment of the population. The other 5% literally are either my clients, kids, or my, my personal friends. Okay, gotcha. But for the majority, you're in the wheelhouse of working directly with baby boomers. So I'll consider you well qualified to speak about the generation since you work so closely with them. Uh, it seems that there's a completely different set of challenges that these baby boomers, you know, if you're listening to today's show, you face it, you know it, it's different compared to what your parents faced. What have you seen as some of those unique challenges to this generation? Yeah, well, I see a couple of distinct differences between the baby boomers of today and their parents' generation. And number one, the biggest thing is that today's boomer retiree, they're really the first generation to learn how to live off of their assets, you know, their 401ks and their IRAs that they spent their whole lives saving for. You know, most of my clients that I talk to, their parents and grandparents worked for the same job for 30 years. They got that gold watch and a paycheck for life in the form of a pension. But, you know, as the times have changed, pensions have gone away, right? So their parents didn't have to worry as much with their investments because they didn't have to draw money from their assets to pay the bills. Their pensions paid the bills. Their pensions, their their paychecks that they got not only gave them the peace of mind that they were used to, but that paid for their livelihood, that funded their livelihood, and they had that peace of mind that they would never run out of money. Now let's flip to today's retiree. They have to figure out how, you know, for the vast majority, they have to figure out how to turn those assets from their 401k or IRA into a predictable and sustainable income stream and ensure they will never run out of money. And this is the biggest stressor of today's retiree. That's outliving your money, right? Not only do they tell me that, in my office, but there's been studies that have shown that people literally are more afraid of outliving their money than death. All right, that was a study by Allianz that showed that. And to exaggerate onto that, today's boomers, they're living longer, right? Their parents uh, didn't live as, as long, and their parents had a sustainable guaranteed income stream in the form of a pension. Well, now, you know, today's retiree, they're living longer and they have to live off their assets. Not only that, but, you know, Social Security was better funded for the parents and Social Security was meant as a supplement. Today, Social Security is a major part of a retiree's income plan. And, you know, we had just talked about this in the headlines. Their parents didn't have $27 trillion of debt to deal with. They do, which, you know, there has some tax management that has to happen with today's retirees because, you know, if you're today's retiree, you know, the last thing you want is to be unprepared for your taxes going from 12 or 22 percent or 24 percent up to 40 or, you know, 62 percent, you know, once you put in Fed and state taxes, you know, maybe perhaps 20 years down the road or 15 years down the road. So they didn't have um, the national debt we do. The other big difference I see is the willingness of today's boomer retiree to put their kids' livelihood in front of their own retirement. 
And not everyone's like this, but I do see a trend where there's a lot of people that I have to have some critical conversations about the importance of funding their retirement first and then taking care of their kids. And when I have some of these difficult conversations, I, I, I kind of like to use the, the old adage that they use on planes, right? In the event that the masks drop, parents, put your mask on first before putting your kid's mask on. And I have to really get some critical thinking to, to get these parents to understand that they don't have any more time, right? Their, their now is now, and their kids have all the time. So their kids have to have some own responsibility. If they're adults, it's time that they start taking on adult responsibilities, right? And I would ask my clients, what would your parents have done in your situation? And overwhelmingly, when I'm having these difficult conversations, they would have said that my parents would have left that responsibility to me to figure out how to fund my livelihood as an adult, right? Because a lot of their parents were depression babies, so they knew what it was like to have to grind yourself out of a tough position, and they expected it of their children. And I think, you know, today, you know, you, you see a, a little bit of a trend that started with the boomer parents has definitely been handed down through the generations of kind of almost, you know, overcoddling the kids a little bit too much. Uh, what about in terms of fears and concerns among the baby boomer generation? What are some of the specific ones that you keep hearing again and again in your conversations with that 95% of your client base? Yeah, well, in repeating myself, hands down, without a doubt, the biggest fear is outliving their assets, right? And, and like I said, that's been brought up in numerous studies, and then the other two would be the higher taxes in the future, right? Uh, my clients, I know the listeners to this podcast, they are smart people. They're in tune with what's going on, and they're concerned about the national debt amongst every other dysfunctional thing that seems to be going in, in our political environment. And they have a very valid concern. And then last but not least, especially for a lot of the boomers here that have either entered into retirement in the last couple of years or are going, you know, a lot of them still remember that mar the three significant market drops, the 2000 to 2003, the 07 to 09, which, I mean, really had a profound effect on a lot of pre-retirees when I opened up my practice um, because a lot of people could no longer retire. And then just now in March of 2020, right, I was talking to people who were absolutely panicked because in 30 short days, they lost 30 to 40% or in one person that I know, 60% of their portfolio. So, you know, they, they definitely have um, some valid concerns about the market risk also. That's very key and important too. Do you think, or maybe in general, uh, John, what are some of the mistakes Let's go there, that you see baby boomers making when it comes to retirement planning. Because if we can identify the mistakes, we can avoid them. Yeah. And, you know, the biggest mistake is is really, you know, kind of keying on on what you just said there at the end is, you know, they're not preparing for those, for, for some key issues that are going to happen. They don't have a plan. And that's the foundation, right? A big part of having a plan is having peace of mind that when things don't go right, right, when life happens, that you're prepared, right? Life is not a fairy tale. Bad things will happen to you eventually. You will suffer loss. 
you will you know suffer market losses you'll have medical tragedies you need to be prepared for when those times happen that you have a plan and and so that's going to actually segue me into two other mistakes that boomers make and that is number 1 and we just talked about market risk being a concern of theirs. Well, despite market risk being a major concern, a lot of pre-retirees and retirees have too much market risk in their portfolio. They're too heavily stacked in stocks or equities. They felt great, you know, for the previous seven or eight years, they've seen their bounces go up and they think that's the new norm. And retirement is a completely different investment ballgame. It's no longer about, you know, accumulating your assets. That was during your working years. Retirement, the main priority has to be preservation of a portion of your assets and making sure that your money lasts throughout your lifetime and throughout your spouse's lifetime. It's not about becoming rich, right? That's what the accumulation phase is for. And, and I know I've said this on your show before, and it's what I tell people that are new clients understand my job is not to make you rich that was your job before you got to me my job is to make sure that we efficiently spend your money so you don't become poor and they don't think about that or they don't understand the significance of a major market loss and what impact that has on their portfolio and the devastating effects that it'll have on their assets and their peace of mind right? There's no turning back. You can't pump money into your IRA, you know, if you're retired, like you did your 401k. So your investment becomes even that much more critical. And with that, retirees and pre-retirees fail to preserve that portion of their principal, which behavioral finance will tell you is extremely important. Actually, it's vital. And in closing, those two mistakes kind of circle back to the first mistake that you have to have a plan right and think back to March 2020 did you have a plan or in in, in the financial crisis of 2008 did you have a plan for when the markets were going to be bad or did you just think everything was going to be like it was in the in the mid 2000s or in like it was in you know 2017 and 2019 because folks if you didn't have a plan I'm going to be very frank with you this isn't the last time it's going to happen. You're going to have another 2008 or March 2020. And it's not going to just happen once. It's going to happen multiple times during the course of hopefully your 30 plus year retirement. And the longer you live, the longer you're going to be exposed to more market crashes. So you have to understand how your investments are going to act during those volatile times and the consequences of those large market losses. Because behavioral finance has proven this, statistically proven this, that it's during those bad times where investors become irrational and make poor decisions that have long-term negative consequences. That period of time is just so important to make the right decisions. And if you are a baby boomer and have questions about some of the things that we've talked about today, I do want to give you John's contact information so you can get in touch and pose those questions. It all starts with a simple phone call or email to get in touch, and then you can get into more nitty and gritty details of your financial plan after that. But if you've got any questions about what John's talking about today, you can certainly reach out. 858 935 
6210 is the number to call. That's 858-935-6210. You can uh, meet with John in the office there on Trina Street, conveniently off of Interstate 15, next to Scripps Ranch High School. But again, you can just start with a phone call or go to gosecurus.com to get in touch that way. That's gosecurus.com. And we'll put the contact info in the description of today's show for you to go find. John, this is all really helpful. And I think that um, you know our next question here on the mailbag from Jim is going to be appropriate to bring up in the context of this baby boomer uh, discussion. Sure sounds like Jim is in this baby boomer generation. Sounds like he's somewhat recently retired, so he's on the other side of that retirement date. Um, But let's go to that question. Jim in Carlsbad says, I never worried too much about the market when I was working, but now that I'm retired, my stomach is in knots every time the Dow has a bad day. And that tells me Jim's had his stomach in a knot uh, quite a lot in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. sh- should I just move everything to cash so that I don't worry so much? I've heard a lot of people asking this as we head to the election here in a couple of days, wondering if they should move to cash and just sit on the sidelines. Yeah. And, you know, that's a great question and quite honestly a mistake that not only investors made, but I know advisors made in March. And it's been made many times over in the past. Again, again, getting back to the behavioral finance. So I want to go over a couple things. And number one, it, to me, Jim, it sounds like you understand the importance that investing in retirement is completely different than it was during your working years. I, I think you've, you've definitely got that honed in. You understand that if your investments fail you in retirement, then your probability of failure is very high. And you understand now that your livelihood now depends on this money. Right. You don't have that nice work paycheck and you know, unless you have a pension. And that's a very important concept to grasp. I know I've said this multiple times over the last couple of years on this podcast. But where I think you're gonna have the issues is is it sounds that you have too much exposure to riskier equity type investments. And this is triggering fear. And again, it's what we already talked about you know, as one of the biggest mistakes I commonly see. And behavior finance, again, I always talk about this, but this is becoming an overwhelming part of the retirement game plan. These studies have well documented that we're much more prone to bad decisions to avoid further loss than to get big market gains. So we're wired to, yes, we enjoy a double-digit gain, right? Right, Walter? Who doesn't like a good 14, 15% return in the market? We're happy. Mm -hmm. But when you're retired, and I had talks with not clients, but prospects in March who lost 20 or 30%, oh, those 15% gains did not matter at all. They were petrified. So while it feels good to get that gain, the stress, the fear comes from those losses and people often go to cash to avoid bigger losses and they get that peace of mind that okay I've lost that money but now I can't lose anymore uh, and, and I understand that I, I think we can all agree that that you know that we might say that's rational thinking but in the investment world you just locked in your losses and a great piece that our chief investment officer put out in March was to understand that the best days in the markets 
often follow the worst days in the markets. And that's what happened in April. So if you moved to cash in March, not only did you lock in your losses, but you lost the ability to rapidly gain those assets back because you were parked in cash. And, you know, last year I was in New York at a conference and the great Peter Schiller, Nobel uh, economist, said that, you know, the only asset class that has proven itself over the course of 100 plus years to consistently lose money is cash. So my suggestion to you is to develop an investment strategy that's not based on what type of returns you want to get during a good market, but what you're willing to lose. Because like many of our clients in March, they understood, hey, listen, at some point in time, my account, the market's going to pull back. How much am I willing to lose? And if you're within that threshold, and for me, I had, I called every one of my clients in March. How are you feeling? We're within that threshold. Are you still okay? Everyone was fine. Yes, nobody liked losing money. I'm not going to say people were, hey, thanks. You only lost me, you know, 7%. No, no one was happy, but they understood. They they knew this day was going to come, and they they knew that they're willing to gamble this much money. And as long as we stayed within that zone, which we did, they were able to stay the course of their plan. And now, fast forward, they're all up in their plans, right? They They don't have market losses. Now they have market gains. So have an investment plan based on your principles and your values and what you're willing to lose, not what you would like to gain. And if you have that based on those principles, you're able to stay the course. And remember, market losses like in 2007 to 2009 or, or in March 2020, they were short-term losses, right? Yes, 18 months is still a long time, but it was short-term volatility. 18 months is a small time in a 30-year long retirement plan. So that's my advice for you, Jim. Great question, Jim. Thank you for sending that one in to us. Fits right in line with what we were talking about on today's show. Well, there you have it. If you are a baby boomer, you heard a lot of mistakes, a lot of the challenges, a lot of the issues that many people face when it comes to uh, retirement planning and financial planning, specifically in this generation. If you think you might be vulnerable to one of these mistakes or already making one of these mistakes, no need to panic, but get a plan in place so that you don't have to uh, experience this trouble going forward so that you aren't exposed to some of these risks in the future. Who knows what the future holds? In fact, we've got an election in a couple of days from the release of this show, and um, uh, we don't know what the rest of 2020 will bring with it. Will 2021 get back to a normal life or will 2021 have some craziness too? I don't know. We're just going to have to have to find out. We could use a break, like just a normal year. Maybe 2021 can shape up to be right. Just, yeah. Uh, like, are we going to have Thanksgiving this year? Yeah. Just, just get back to normal. Just, that's what we want. Just, just normal. Uh, have we ever yearned for normal so much? I don't think so. Um, right. But, and uh, not the new normal, the old Not normal. the new normal, just normal, regular old right. normal, boring normal, yeah. boring, nothing to do on a Saturday. Let's go drive and go shopping normal. Like, let's just get back yes. there. Uh, but yeah, if you've got any questions about this, in all seriousness, please don't hesitate to reach out to John. Uh, he doesn't bite, easy to talk to, and um, will give you also, importantly, honest information and guidance on your slate, your financial plan. 858-935-6210 is your number to call to get in touch 
or gosecurus.com. You can get in touch through the website, and uh, we'll put contact info in the description or the show notes section of uh, whatever app you're listening to the show on today, uh, so you can check that out very easily. John, thank you for the help and the guidance on the show today. Enjoyed it, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Walter. We'll talk to you later. Sounds great. That's John Amarino. I'm Walter Storhol. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retire Happy Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Securus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Amarino and guests on this radio show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered.